Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Saturday underway here at News Talk. E3LWCCO College football galore. Division two, Division three playoffs. We'll have scores for you coming up. We have uh, the Big Ten. A couple of weeks to go in the regular season. Minnesota on the road at Indiana. And uh, we'll, we'll get to the Big Ten scoreboard in a bit. Uh, we'll have the top 25 scoreboard as well. And coming up this afternoon, uh, we're going to talk wild hockey. Uh we're going to talk Viking football. We're going to go outdoors with Steve Carney. Late season fishing. you got to be brave to go out on the open water. Uh, late season hunting as well with Steve Carney at 410 today. We'll get an update on the state football playoffs over at U.S. Bank Stadium. The semifinal started on Thursday, continued Friday, of the final day of the semifinals today. Quick rundown of the scoreboard there at U.S. Bank Stadium. In uh, the first 1A semifinal, Minnesota rolled over Rushford Peterson 28-8. Uh, the Vikings get a win at U.S. Bank Stadium. Minnesota, that is. And uh, Mayor Lutheran beat New York Mills 41-6. So it'll be Minnesota and Mayor Lutheran for all the marbles at Prep Bowl in 1A. Uh, the first 3A semifinal underway today, Annandale and Plainview Elgin Millville. And uh, that game is scoreless, or actually uh, in progress now, uh, 14-0, Plainview Elgin Millville uh, in that football game as we just get a scoreboard update. Uh, and then uh, the other 3A semifinal, Asco and Diocel Cocado, scheduled to start at 4.30 today, and then tonight, uh, the final game of the weekend, it'll be a 5A semifinal. Number one, Mankato West takes on Rodgers at about 7 o'clock. Uh, the Wild around the road, they're making a swing through Florida, then up the East Coast before returning home uh, for that uh, day after Thanksgiving matinee. It's become a tradition at the XL Energy Center. Dane Mizutani covers the Wild for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Dane, it's been a while. How you been? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good to visit with you. And uh, the Wild, uh, a real clunker against the San Jose Sharks, but they bounce back with with a big win over Ryan Suter and the Dallas Stars. Yeah, it was a huge win. And um, I, I guess it's not surprising the way the Wild have played this season that they bounced back from what I know they wouldn't consider their best game um, with one of their best games. 
Uh, this team has been extremely consistent this year as far as responding when maybe they haven't looked good. Um, they haven't strung a lot of losses together. It's why they're atop the central division right now. Um, but, yeah, they put seven in on the Dallas Stars the other night. It was uh, you know, offense up and down the board, some new line combinations from Dean Evison. Um, but he continues to push the right buttons. Um, whatever he does seems to turn to gold right now. Um, and the Wild are rolling. Uh, yeah, it was a very impressive game the other night. Um, a breakout game for Kirill Kaprizov, um, which feels like it's been a long time coming. He's been kind of fighting the fuck a little bit here early in the season. Um, but a four-point night the other day gets on the, on the board with a goal early and then tallies three assists in the third period, um, a career-high four-point night for him. So it's good to see. Yeah, there are some wild fans already in panic mode over Kirill in his slow start, but I, I just think he's too skilled, too talented, too strong on the puck not to eventually find the back of the net. That You know, there is that term, puck, luck, he didn't have it, and maybe it's going to turn his way now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you you kind of hit the nail on the head, Steve, and he's too talented to kind of be worried about it, frankly. Um, right. Yes, he has, to, he has to work for these things, and guys are going to go through slumps throughout a season. Um, but anyone who was actually worried about Kirill Kaprizov, I don't think watched him play last year. Um, he's too good. He's too strong. He's too skilled um, to really think this was going to last all year. That being said, teams are focusing on him. He is the game plan for every team, every single night, um, opposing teams, I mean. So it's, it's something he's going to have to battle through. I think for certain he's, he's going to get more attention this year as the year continues to progress. He saw that very early on. He's seen it every game since. Um, but he is too talented um, to be held down. And I think you saw with a game like the one on Thursday night, I think you'll see it again tonight. He just needs a little bit to get going. And when he does, look out. So I expect him to play well again tonight. Um, you also mentioned puck luck. I think that has something to do with it. Sometimes they're going in. Um, they were on Thursday night. Um, and, and he was obviously the benefactor of that. Uh, but overall, uh, just an extremely skilled player that no reason to be worried. Yeah, and there there have been some good storylines already this season. Uh, Rem Pitlick, uh, the hat trick in Seattle. Uh, he he's been putting the puck in the net, and and that that that's great news because you know I I don't know what the expectations were for for Pitlick, but so far is so good. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think if you just go on Twitter and search Rem Pitlick's name, um, anytime I tweet about him. Um, you get national predators fans in the in the mentions talking about I can't believe we let this guy go. I can't believe they let him go. I mean he's he's a young kid who has proven to be a scorer at every single level. Um and I think you're starting to see glimpses of that that he can be a scorer at the NHL level. Um you mentioned the hat trick yeah uh, that he had in Seattle. Awesome moment for him. Um I think one of like thirty players ever to score their first goal in the game or the first goal of their career in a game and then turn that into a hat-trick. So he's in rare company there. But you watch his goal the other night and just the shift that he had on that, it it was as good of a shift as I've seen anyone on the wild have this year. And then to finish it off with a goal, the hat-trick wasn't a fluke. This kid can play. He can score. He's obviously got a really, really good shot. He has good vision. He's a hard worker, too. Um, He's a small kid. He works really hard. And, and, and a very good addition for the Wild. Um, 
kind of out of nowhere. I mean, you claim a guy off of waivers, and he looks like he could be a key person, uh, you know, on the playoff push here. Yeah, and it's going to be important for Boo Guerin and the Minnesota Wild to find that type of player, uh, an affordable type player, as they move through the wake of the Parisian suitor uh, contract situations because they're in cap trouble. There's no doubt about it. So for, for Pitlick to, to step up and, and show that sign, now, now granted, er, very early in his wild career, but they are going to need to find that uh, around Kirill Kaprizov uh, going forward if they're going to continue to have success. And over the next two, three years, when they're really in cap hell, uh, to, to be playoff contenders. Absolutely. Um, almost to the point where you, you want to be like, Rem, calm down. Because like, <laughs> he's on he's <laughs> yeah. the final year of his contract. You don't want yeah. him to you know, go right. pop 20 goals and then be a Calder Trophy candidate, and then all of a sudden you have to pay him a bunch of money. Um, I'm kidding. But actually, like you're right. They're going to need to find these you know, affordable contracts or guys in the early stages of their career. So why a guy like Matt Boldy is so important um, to what this team is trying to do down the road. Matt Boldy's not here yet. Um, he broke his ankle late in training camp in a preseason game, made his return last night in Iowa, scored two goals, had an assist. So a guy like Matt Boldy, a guy like Adam Beckman, who we saw like with a cup of coffee earlier this season with the Wilds um, when the Wilds were battling through some COVID issues, guy like Marco Rossi, obviously, a first-round pick two years ago. Those are the guys that the Wild are going to need, um, you know, with the cap troubles coming up here um, in the wake of the Parisi shooter buyouts. But maybe we add Rem Pitlick into there. Um, but like I said, if he if he keeps performing, you almost worry about getting priced out for, for what he's going to cost. Um, overall, though, I think it's, uh, it's an awesome addition, and, and it falls right in line with, yes, you're going to need production from, from maybe some surprise people down the road. Wild uh, begin a trip. Uh, they get Florida, and Florida's got to be one of the big surprises so far in the NHL season. 12-2-3. Oh, my. Yeah, um, I think definitely a surprise, and I think a surprise because you think of Florida and you think one of the worst franchises in the league. Like, you just do. Like, that's how, what they've been for so long. don't think they've won a playoff series since, like, 96. So, so like, for example, Brandon Duhame on the wild, he's a winger, you know, a fourth-line player, 24-year-old kid from South Florida. He's making his homecoming this, you know, tonight. It's an awesome game for him. It's a super special thing. He's never been alive when, when the Panthers have won a playoff series. So that's why I think this is so surprising because, the, pre, the you know, the precedent is this team is not successful. But if you look at this team now, there's talent across the board. Sergey Bobrovsky's back. He, he looks like, the, you know, the, the Bob of old. Uh, Sasha Barkov, who won't play tonight, but Sasha Barkov is one of the best players in the NHL. It, it's just straight up. So there's talent all over this team. It's finally starting to click. I was talking to some people in their in their media market today. Just there's been a noticeable culture shift, very similar to what we're seeing in Minnesota, um, but a noticeable culture shift in Florida. And obviously, the the benefits are coming from that in, in the form of victories. Yeah, and the, the, this Florida trip, no bargain because then they uh, head up to Tampa and take on the Lightning on Sunday afternoon, a convenient time for Viking fans with the Packers and the Vikes at noon. Uh, 
Wild and Lightning go at 4 o'clock, and that'll be uh, head-to-head with uh, Loon's playoff appearance uh, as well out in Portland. So a monster sports day on Sunday. But this this is not an easy trip for the Wild. And then uh, they, they follow it up with, with a trip to Jersey on Wednesday with the Devils before returning home for Thanksgiving and then ultimately playing that uh, Friday matinee against the Winnipeg Jets in St. Paul. So it is a, it is an important week and an important trip for the Wild. Yeah, you're right. And I think that when you look back at the Dallas game, that's why it was so important um, to come out of that game on, on Thursday night and play well. Because of what you had coming down the pipeline this week. Um, the game against Florida tonight, that's what we saw. The game against Tampa, obviously the defending Stanley Cup champions. If you could split just back-to-back, I think you oh, feel yeah. really good about what you're doing. Um, other than that, I mean, you'd like to come up, you know, you'd like to go in New Jersey and beat them, but anytime you're coming off a of back-to-back flying and playing on the road, that's tough. This, this road trip as a whole, if you can get out of it 2-1, I think you're thrilled going back to Twin Cities. Um, but we'll see. Uh, obviously, any team, I, I don't want to sound too cliche here, but any given night, anybody can beat anyone. Man, I saw these teams are so good. These players are so good. Uh, but if you can salvage a split out of an extremely tough back-to-back with Florida and Tampa coming up here. I think you feel good about that, and then you roll your dice and take your chances against New Jersey. Um, regardless of what happens on this road trip, um, the Wild are in good shape. Uh, they're a really good team. and uh, You know, I can't stress this enough. They're just a different team than, than what we've seen in the past. They're fast. They're fun. They're off- offensive. Um, it's not the wild, you know, it's not your granddad's wild. It's not your dad's wild. You know, it's just, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, it's a fun thing to follow. Yeah, for sure. And and Bill Guerin deserves a ton of credit. And and really the owner, Craig Leopold, turning the keys over to Bill Guerin and and letting Bill make some really hard decisions uh, along the way uh, to to get the club. And then, of course, getting Kirill Kaprizov from the KHL, uh, is a feather in his cap, and uh, they're now building around him. One thing I wanted to get your thoughts on real quickly, I know you got to run, uh, goaltending, uh, Cam Talbot, uh, and then behind him, Capo And What's your read on the goaltending situation? How's it been? Seems to be solid this year, even though it seems like every time I tune in, Talbot's fighting the puck a little bit. But Yeah, it's got to be better. Um, I think both Cam and Coppa would say would, would admit to that. Um, yeah, it's just got to be better than than has been so far. It hasn't been bad, um, but I think the Wild with the talent they have this year, like I talked about, the speed, the skill, the offensive nature of this group, the, the willingness to jump off in the play, I think they consider themselves a legitimate contender this year, as they should. But in order to be a legitimate contender, they're going to need a little bit more from the goaltending. Yeah. Cam Talbot has been good this year. I mean, I think what does he have, like 10 wins? Uh, he's not a, it's not an issue, um, but there are some games, you're right, where it looks maybe like he's not super comfortable up there or he's fighting the puck a little bit. Um, and, and they need more from Koppel, too. I mean, Koppel Cochran's in a tough spot. You know, Being an NHL backup goaltender is very, very hard because you play like once every two weeks. Sometimes once every, you know, 15, 16 days, and then you're expected to go be sharp as soon as you get in with the pressure of knowing, like, I have to play well. Um, but, you know, Koppel's won two in a row. I, I would expect him to go tomorrow. Um, Cam's getting the, the nod tonight. I would expect Koppel tomorrow. Across the board, you just need a little bit more for the goaltenders. Um, but the good news is they haven't been outstanding in the while they're still atop the central. 
I think those two will round and perform eventually. Um, they're too talented not to. Um, and then, you know, you're rolling at that point. So uh need more, um, but I think they will get more down the road. All right, Dane, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. There he is, Dane Mihizutani, covers the wild for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Once again, on this trip, Florida, Tampa Bay, New Jersey. Uh, today's game starts at 5 o'clock. 4 o'clock tomorrow, and then uh, 6 o'clock start in Jersey on Wednesday. We'll have the Timberwolves tonight. They take on Memphis at Target Center. Can they make it three in a row? It would be the first three-game winning streak of the season. Uh, we'll get started at 6.30 with Cal. Turn it over to Alan Horton for all the play-by-play. And I'm just in awe. The work Alan puts in, the prep, he does a phenomenal job. Do yourself a favor and uh, tune in to Alan tonight calling the Timberwolves game. He he is as good as it gets in NBA radio. 323, quick break here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Minnesota took on UConn and women's hoops. Paige Beckers uh, didn't do much in the game today. As a matter of fact, uh, the reigning AP Player of the Year uh, had just eight points on three of seven shooting in 29 minutes. But UConn won the game. The number two Huskies beat Minnesota 88-58. In the opening game of the battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas, uh, Sarah Scalia led the Golden Gophers with 17 points, 15 of those coming in the first half. Minnesota now 3-2 and two overall. UConn moves to 2-0, and oh, so there was a lot made about that. Great story, uh, Kent Youngblood of uh, the Star Tribune did a piece in advance of that game, but UConn beat Minnesota 88-58. Speaking of Minnesota, they're playing today at Indiana, and they're down early second. Hoosiers lead at 7-0 for as Minnesota returns to Huntington Bank Stadium next Saturday to close out the regular season when they take on the Wisconsin Badgers. Paul Bunyan's axe on the line. And the number 15 Badgers started out the year uh, 0-3, and they have now reeled off or they've dropped three games early in the year. They're now 7-3 and three atop the Big Ten West and leading Nebraska 14-7 at Camp Randall early in quarter number two. Number six, Michigan leading at Maryland 14-0 early quarter number two. A final, an absolute blowout in Columbus. Number four, Ohio State thumps number seven, Michigan State 56-7. Uh, the Buckeyes led it 49-0 at halftime. Wow. Uh, Purdue wins at Northwestern 32-14. Penn State shut out Rutgers 28-0. Speaking of Rutgers, they were scheduled to play Minnesota in volleyball at Maturi Pavilion Friday night. They canceled their trip to Minnesota and Nebraska. You would think COVID? No. A non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Minnesota will take on Wisconsin tomorrow afternoon at Maturi Pavilion. Uh, Kind of a big border battle weekend with the Vikings and the Packers. And speaking of that, we'll talk uh, the purple and the green and gold in the border battle one in this 2021 season at U.S. Bank Stadium with Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. We'll get to that following the weather break here on News Talk. E3O WCC. 
Timberwolves Grizzlies tonight on the radio. Pre-game show 6.30, Cal Soderquist. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play after 7 o'clock. Can the Timberwolves make it three in a row? I say they need to make it three in a row. Then they go on the road and play Memphis before coming home to take on Miami on Wednesday night. This is an opportunity for the Timberwolves to turn the corner, put some really ugly games in the rearview mirror, and start taking the season seriously. That you, you can't get too high after victories. Uh, we, we saw it after the, the victory over the Milwaukee Bucks that went on a six-game skid. Just some ugly games. That Orlando game still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, three clunkers against the L.A. Clippers. They, they did beat the L.A. Lakers at Staples Center and then didn't show up the next night. But they beat a couple of bad teams in the Kings and the Spurs at home. Now, Memphis, I wouldn't call them a bad team, but they're the team kind of team you need to beat if you're going to be taken seriously as you move through the season. I know it's still November, it's still early, but uh, it's time for, for the Timberwolves to uh, get on a bit of a roll here. Uh, back to the Big Ten scoreboard. Not going well at Indiana. P.J. Fleck uh, shared concern about the Indiana Hoosiers, even though they're 2-8. and eight. And 0-7 in the Big Ten. And I shared concern because this Minnesota team lost at home to Bowling Green in Illinois. So you can't take anything for granted. And Iowa tried to gift wrap Floyd of Rosedale in Iowa City last Saturday. And Minnesota didn't take it, couldn't take it, whatever you want to call it. So, nevertheless... A very difficult circumstance for this team who righted the ship after that Bowling Green debacle and were able to become bowl eligible, but have certainly, particularly offensively, left a lot to be desired. Uh, Tanner Morgan's play, and you can say they're way down the depth chart at running back. They didn't have a lot of wide receiver depth this year. Uh, but they haven't been getting a lot out of Tanner Morgan. And there was a fair amount of talk that Tanner Morgan might ultimately be benched and and might they might go in another direction. But uh, P.J. Fleck has certainly uh, been loyal to Morgan, and it's still 7-0 Indiana. A couple other scores I want to get to. Uh, let's start with uh, St. Thomas. Uh, they're leading Presbyterian 48-15. to the Tommies six and three, well on their way to seven and three. That came in the third quarter over at O'Shaughnessy Stadium in St. Paul. Um, I didn't know this until today, and I've been a lifelong sports fan. I, I certainly don't know everything, but I thought I would have heard this before today. St. Thomas is playing Presbyterian. You will never guess in a million years what their nickname is. Unless, of course, you're familiar with the school, which I was. They are the Presbyterian Blue Hose. And when I have time, I'm going to dig into the origins of that nickname. Once again, the Tommies leading the Blue Hose 48-15 to in Pioneer League football. That That is awesome. 
Uh, let's get over to D3. Uh, some good news and bad news for the MIAC entrance. The champ, number five St. John's, rolls over Lake Forest on a sunny day at Clemens Stadium in Collegeville, 41-14. to We will have more on that later on in the program. Uh, hopefully a game report from our friend Ryan Klinkner. Then, a Bethel on the road at Central, and not a good day for the Royals. Central wins at 61-35. to Over to D2, a mixed bag. Bemidji State wins at Augustana, 28-14. to An upset there. Beavers over the Vikings in Sioux Falls. And the other entrant out of the Northern Sun today, a really rough day for the UMD Bulldogs. They're getting beat at Angelo State, 48-13. to uh, so it looks like one team will survive the first round of the D2 playoffs. That is Bemidji State with the win at Augustana. We hope to get a game report on that one a little bit later on in the program. Right now we want to jump over to uh, Matthew Collar, a Purple Insider, joining us. Border battle tomorrow, Vikes-Packers. Uh, the Packers, I think, opened at 2.5. The line went to 1. Uh, we won't do a deep dive on, on the uh, gambling numbers. But we will talk about uh, this renewed rivalry and a very important game for the Minnesota Vikings. And, Matthew, you could argue this game much bigger for the purple than it is the green and gold. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is really the season for the Vikings. And if you look at the numbers, they say exactly that. So I was just poking around ESPN's playoff probabilities. And if the Vikings win this game, they're close to a 60% chance to make the playoffs. And you think about the other NFC teams and how many of those teams have struggled this year. It seems like the red carpet is kind of laid out for the Vikings to make the playoffs, but if they lose that drops them right back into the same category as the Eagles, the 49ers, even the Falcons, as bad as they've looked, the Vikings would have the same record as Atlanta and they would be just amongst a bunch of really flawed teams that are struggling, and then you know they have to go on the road to San Francisco, and, and I don't think that San Francisco is a great matchup for them next week, and, and things would look kind of dark if they weren't able to pull this one off. Although I will make one argument for the Packers in the importance of this one. If the Packers can win the one seed, you remember there used to be two teams that got a first-round bye. Well, there's only one now, and so they're battling for that one seed in the NFC, and if they were to get home field and that first week off of the playoffs, that would be really huge for their chances to go to the Super Bowl. So it's kind of important for different reasons. Yeah, and Matthew, you look at this game for Green Bay, you know, to say that the NFC North is in play is really a fantasy because the season's rapidly winding down, and for the Vikings to be able to almost run the table and and Green Bay to stumble so badly uh, is is far-fetched. But Certainly a big game for the Vikings to get into the playoffs, and as you outlined, for Green Bay to have a shot at uh, home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. Let's start a little bit about Green Bay before we talk more about the purple, and and that is, number one, the Aaron Rodgers controversy. It seems like that's been kind of quickly put in the rearview mirror. I don't think the NFL went nearly far enough with the team or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he is a big star, one of you know one of the biggest stars in the NFL. Uh, so I don't think they went far enough, but it, it seems like old news now. Yeah, I totally agree that they didn't. I mean, when you're fining players more for not having their jerseys tucked in or wearing the wrong length of socks yeah. than you are for Aaron Rodgers 
putting his teammates potentially at risk with the way he acted. I mean, he not only was not following the protocols inside the building, apparently, but also he was doing things outside of the building that don't follow the protocols for players who are unvaccinated either. And, I mean, look, there's a number of players in the NFL who have made that choice, but a key part of making that choice is, well, you better follow the protocols to keep everybody safe and they are much harsher for good reason because people who are unvaccinated have a much higher chance of spreading this thing and so rogers putting his teammates at risk in that way i think deserved a much harsher punishment kind of sent the message well you know you could kind of make your own rules if you're aaron Rodgers. and um you know i guess we've always known that the nfl does things that way but it was unpleasant to get another example however this is kind of aaron Rodgers, right it's like over the summer, he's creating one controversy after the next. He's, you know, sending out on Instagram pictures of him hanging out in Hawaii or something while his teammates are participating in OTAs and minicamp. He's making statements in the media, doing interviews, talking about how he's been so disrespected by the Green Bay Packers. And then he shows up to training camp, and outside of one bad game to start the season, they're great again because it's just the talent matters more than any of these other things that are created, any of the other noise that's created by Aaron Rodgers. I think what we just found out from this particular incident, though, was, hey, maybe uh, if we were taking Rodgers' side before, now we understand what the Packers have been dealing with with this guy's personality. Yeah, it, it, it is something. But a supremely talented individual, there's no question about it. I'm also surprised by the talent they've shown defensively this year. That that might be the biggest revelation in 2021 for Green Bay. Yeah, I totally agree. And the fact is they're without their two best defensive players, uh, Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander, which makes it even more impressive. And I think what they've been able to do is, unlike the Vikings, they've been able to build a defense that has no serious weaknesses. It's not that they have superstars at every position. It's that they just have good players at a lot of positions. Um, You know, they've sort of found some guys that maybe were let go by other teams who have succeeded. They have a pair of safeties um, in Adrian Amos and Donnell Savage, who are tremendous. They've created pressure by having one of their first-round draft picks, uh, Rashawn Gary, who's questionable for this game. But he's really stepped up and become an elite pass rusher in the NFL. And then they have Kenny Clark, who every Vikings fan knows will be running over whoever is at center this week once again because he's one of the elite players at his position. So, you know, I think it's, it's that. It's also a combination, I think, of having good coaching as well. Um, their defensive backs have played really well with uh, former Viking coach um, Jerry Gray coaching down there. So I think it's kind of one of those, uh, as Kirk Cousins likes to say, a combination of factors for why their defense has been good. But that's going to be a very big challenge for the Vikings, who generally when they face top defenses over the last couple of years have struggled. Matthew Collard joining us, Purple Insider, just a few minutes left. Uh, you, you brought up O-line, particularly the center position. There, there is a controversy there. Uh, spell it out. Who gets a start tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not sure because Garrett Bradbury was dealing with COVID. Even though he's vaccinated, he still did end up getting sick. And so does he have the wind to play an entire game at this point? I, you know, it's hard to say. He didn't talk this week. Uh, and nobody would say exactly what his physical shape was in. Um, The other thing is that Mason Cole played okay, and I think that there's a desire from a lot of fans and maybe some consideration from the team 
to try to improve that because Garrett Bradbury for three straight years has been one of the worst pass blocking centers in the NFL. Usually centers, you know, it's mostly kind of run game and then they help in the passing game, but opponents really target Garrett Bradbury when it comes to trying to create pressure up the middle. And that's always been an Achilles heel for Kirk Cousins. And, you know, I I don't want to paint Mason Cole as if he's the next Jeff Christie or Matt Burke or something. I mean, he's, he was okay in these last couple of games. Against Kenny Clark, he probably won't be. So I kind of see it as one way or the other, they're going to have a weakness there. Uh, but it really says something about their former first-round pick that people are um, calling for the backup yeah. to be playing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we, we saw this in L.A. against the Chargers. Uh, they got the ball downfield, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. The fans demand more uh, will they continue to push the ball downfield and take some shots? Yeah, it's not just the fans. It's the, the head coach. It's right. the offensive coordinator. It's Justin Jefferson himself. I mean, I, I think that the fingers were all finally pointed in the direction of who is to blame for this, and that's the quarterback, uh, because Mike Zimmer, after the game, said he's been begging Cousins to throw it downfield to Jefferson. Then I asked Clint Kubiak how you balance taking risks um, you know, down the field, and he said, that's on Kirk. And then Justin Jefferson said, yeah, if you throw us the ball, it really works. Um, so everybody's <laughs> kind of pointing in the same direction, not so subtly, of demanding that Cousins throws the ball downfield. But there's always been, you know, the push and pull of that. Last year at one point, midway through the season, Cousins led the league in interceptions when he was throwing it down the field a little bit more. And he's had, uh, you know, a penchant to be sacked or, or strip sacked at times when he's, you know, requiring more time in the pocket, which this offensive line cannot generally give. So, you know, it's always, I I always kind of think about it as trying to get the temperature right in your house and 73 is too hot and 72 feels too cold. And that's, that's how it's always been with cousins where it's like, be aggressive. Oh no, don't turn it over. Wait, no, be more conservative. No, it's, it's, it's always just kind of back and forth with him. And so, you know, I really think they did see last week, pushing it down the field, but Cousins, he kind of sticks to what he says. I mean, he, he said, I only threw it down the field because the reads took me there. So I'm not super confident that there's going to be a big change. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, always great. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. You'll enjoy it. Uh, check it out online and subscribe. I do. Uh, quick break. We'll come back, put a wrap on the hour. And get you ready for the news at 4 here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Update on the football playoff state semifinals. Earlier, Minneona beat Rushford Peterson 28-8 in the first Class A semifinal of the day. The other 1A game, Mayor Lutheran all over New York Mills 41-6. It'll be Minneota and Mayor Lutheran in Premple. Uh, the first a 3A semifinal of the day, Plainview, Elgin, Millville, leading Annandale 21-6. to And uh, scheduled to start at 4.30, Dazzle, Cocado, and Esco. And then in the nightcap, a 5A semifinal, Mankato, West, and Rogers at 7 o'clock. Of course, Prep Bowl next Friday and Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Update on St. Thomas. Tommy's today uh, playing at home against a Presbyterian Blue Hose and leading at 54-15. to And that game is now in the fourth quarter. In the Big Ten, Minnesota down 7-0 in the second. Two quick scores, late second. 
Golden Gophers lead Indiana 14-7. Nebraska and Wisconsin tied at 14. The Badgers are here next Saturday. Ohio State thumbs Michigan State 56-7. Purdue wins at Northwestern 32-14. Penn State beat Rutgers 28-0. We have so much more coming up. We have the news. We have the weather. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. And uh, some of those college football game reports coming up on CCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.